Welcome to The Responsible Podcast. Your host, Stanley J. Targos III, is the founder of The Responsible Brand and The Responsible Network. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Stanley J. Targos III, and I'm the host of The Responsible Podcast. Today, we have a great show, and it's about traditional debt. How do we handle traditional debt? We've been talking a little bit about college debt, about the basics, about cash flow management, about emergency fund, savings fund. But the truth is traditional debt is still an issue and it's a hot topic out there. There's all kinds of people talking about infinite banking system and bank on yourself and your family bank and bank this and bank that and bank the other and, and all of that great stuff. And it's all focused on debt. There's a whole bunch of debt conversations about consolidation and and negotiating your debt and bankruptcy and not bankruptcy and crushing your credit score, not crushing your credit score. Well, what if we took a responsible approach to handling debt? What if we handled debt and used math and strategy to tackle it? We might use some of the same tools that other people are using, but not all of them. And what if we allowed you to have control. What if we allowed you to help design the strategy to put your goals, your priorities, your values instrumentally designed into this into the solution so that it meets your criteria? What if you didn't have to compromise your your conscience to get out of the debt? Now let's assume that the debt was created because of a season and it's not a lifestyle. And I'm going to say, if your lifestyle is just constantly spending more than you're bringing in and your debt's never gone down and you went from 10000 in debt to 30000 in debt to 80000 in debt to 150000 in debt and you're on the verge of bankruptcy, you've got another issue. You've got another issue. I'm talking about the person who came through a season and they've got $20,000, $30,000 in debt for a specific event. But around that season, they're pretty responsible. They're not spending more than they bring in. Every once in a while, yes, but most of the time, no. So let's assume that we're talking about the responsible person who's got debt. If you're that person who went through a season and you've got six figures of debt and it's out of control, still talk to your responsible brand person. Your solution just might be a little different. But what I really want to talk about is having a season of debt instead of a lifestyle of debt. And a season of debt means that Life happens. This is a season where you're spending more than you bring in and you need to manage it effectively without blowing up your world. Let me give you an example. My wife and I went through some seasons of debt. One was when we moved, had our third child, and needed to update the house that we moved into. Had some... uh, insulation put in to make sure that the kids rooms were warm had some garage doors put in had some mold remediation things that were necessary for us to maintain this house that we wanted to live into that we wanted to move into and live in that's a season we weren't doing that every year we weren't doing insulation every year we weren't spending nine thousand on garage doors every year we weren't spending six thousand on or two thousand on mold remediation every year These were seasons, and this happened back to back to back. Having a kid, having to buy new furniture, having a third kid, having to update the furniture, having to move, getting a car that houses three kids safely, 
That's a season. We needed to, to tackle that with grace. We needed to do what was required because those are decisions that we made and we needed to handle them. We own it. Now, we're still paying on some of that debt, the HELOC, and you don't just pay off $40,000 in three or four years unless you're in an income position where, you're, where your cash flow is growing that much. But most people get a 2 to 3 or 5% raise, not a 50% raise. You go from making 100 to 150 to 200 to 250,000, sure, you can pay that debt off real quick. But I'm talking about the average person who's got W-2 income or steady, consistent income. It doesn't fluctuate that much. You're just balancing. You need to find wiggle room in your economy to make it work. Well, when we get into that debt and we get overwhelmed and we take ourselves out of that planning stage and we ignore it, we compound the debt. So I want to talk about having a plan versus not having a plan. If you don't have a plan, everything is stressful and chaotic. You don't know what's coming in when you get a bonus or a raise or a tax refund. You don't know what to do with it. You're going to chunk it down at some debt, but which debts do you chunk it down at? Dave and Rick and Susie are telling you to pay off the highest interest rate first, regardless of what's going on, to pay it off and then cut it up and burn it and freeze it and you never use it. Build an emergency fund of $1,000 and then start tackling the debt aggressively. Well, let me ask you a question. When's the last time that you had an emergency that only cost $1,000? To me, $1,000 is not an emergency. An emergency is something that's four, five, eight, nine thousand $9,000. And what makes my debt situation worse is when I pay off a debt. I pay off a, a car aggressively. That's a great example. I got a car. I'm going to pay it off aggressively because I want to save that interest. Well, I aggressively pay off $15,000 of a car that should take me three years. I pay it off in one year. Woohoo! Pat myself on the back. Good job, Stano. You paid that car off in one year. Well, the start of year two, I've got a $10,000 emergency. My car loan was on a 3.9% payment over three years, but to save that interest, I paid it off. Now I've got a $10,000 roof issue that's a 13% interest rate over a five-year payment plan. What if I would have just taken the extra 10 grand that I applied to take care of that car loan and saved it so that my emergency fund was actually 10, 15 or 20,000 dollars like it should be? See, that's what we're talking about is balance. It's comfort, it's cash flow management, it's your priorities driving the solution, not the talking heads on TV. They put us in a position to feel good about one area, but to lose control in three others. Unfortunately, my family and my economy doesn't only focus on debt for success. I need to fund a retirement, build an emergency fund, start saving for my kid's college, build a savings account, and pay off debt. I need to be prepared for the next thing I need to purchase, which might be a roof, a car, 
I might need to go back and spend five grand for certification on my degree to maintain my employability. I might want to buy or invest in a rental property or a second home or an Airbnb. What if I had the ability to buy some Bitcoins? What if I had the ability to invest in the Google 20 years ago? Or Amazon? But all my money was in my car. I can't go back to the car loan company and say, hey, can I borrow on my car again? I mean, you can, but it's not easy. You got to go get a refinance, repurchase. It's not like a home equity line of credit where it's revolving. You pay it down and that money's available. I'd rather have you take 10 grand and pay down your home equity line of credit so long as it stays open. Because if you need it, you can dip into it again. You have access to it. That's efficient. Paying off your mortgage aggressively isn't efficient because you pay it off and that money's gone. Paying off a student loan efficient aggressively isn't efficient because you pay it off and it's gone. Paying off Visa, MasterCard, or Discover might be more efficient because you pay it off and you free up room that you can use it again. So what traditional debt do you have? Is it a fixed loan? Is it a fixed term? Is it an interest-only loan? Is that balance on that loan growing every month? Is it maintaining? Are you just paying the interest or is it going down? Increasing level or going down? Let's organize our debts in, in those terms. Because it's not just about interest rate. It's about interest rate, term, monthly payment, loan balance, what we're able to earn in the side savings account, which we talked about before. Are you able to earn 5% but your interest rate is 39 well, should you make aggressive payments if you can earn 1.2% more than what your interest rate is on the debt you're paying? Can you create an interest arbitrage? I know that's a fancy word. It's just a spread. If I'm earning 5.1 and it costs me 3.9, do I want to aggressively pay off the 3.9? No, because I'm losing 1.2%. That's a 30% interest gain. I can do that sometimes. The whole reason of maintaining debt isn't so you can create an interest arbitrage. It's really about managing lifestyle, managing cash flow, maintaining balance in your life for your future while you're servicing today. I want to invest in my future while I service today. I want to take care of tomorrow while I take care of the wreckage of my past. And if this traditional debt has been created because of something like you needed a transmission and then a month later the furnace went and then a month later the stove went and then a month later the fridge went. Yeah, I know you feel like Job and like God's punishing you. I get it. But that's why it's important that we build our savings and that we take a step back and that we make good decisions based on facts, not fear. That's why we have a responsible brand teammate that can help us be a sounding board to say, Stan, here's what's going on in my life. What should I do? How awesome is it? When we have someone who can be unemotional about the decisions we need to make financially. I live in this world. Yet I talk to Bob and Bill and Chris and Nicholas and Tyrone and the guys on my team in Jermaine and ask them questions about what I'm doing financially because I don't have the capacity to step away and look at it unemotionally. I need someone on my team. And their suggestions and advice has helped me spend more money when I wanted to spend less money. It's helped me save more money and interest. It's helped me maintain control. It's helped me eliminate roadblocks and obstacles that I'm blind to. 
So how are we managing this debt? You know, early on, I often view someone's credit line. They've got a $5,000 credit card and they, they only owe 100 or 200 or 500 bucks on it. They've got wiggle room. That might be the first safety net that we're building that we dip into for things that happen along the way. Your friends get married and you need to go on a, on a vacation to celebrate with them and you want to go and it's 800 bucks. put it on that card. Let's pay it off over four months. Let's not reduce our savings and emergency fund and not use the card. Let's use the tools that we have efficiently and effectively. The problem is since we graduated college and we all bought that credit card because we got a free candy card, candy, candy bar and a t-shirt for filling out the application and then went on spring break, that was a lesson that stung. But that's not the lesson that we need to live with for our lifetimes. Because as we get older, hopefully we get more mature. Hopefully we're capable of making better decisions. We're not just living the same experience over 20 years. We're building on the experience over 20 years. So we can make better decisions financially. So what are we using to survive? Well, when you just get started and your income's low or you just came through financial trauma and you need to rebuild and replenish, the credit line, your credit card might be your safety net if you just spent your emergency fund. It doesn't mean that you put all of life on hold. You, of course, have to scale back and skinny things down a little bit. It means you're not spending $1,000 on birthdays and Christmas. It means you're spending 400 bucks. That's okay. That's not embarrassing. That's not shameful. That's just being responsible. People aren't expecting more than what you can afford to give or offer. God wants us to be good stewards of all the gifts we've been given. With our talents, with our time, with our treasure, with our kids. So let's be responsible. Let's not buy into keeping up with the Joneses for how we live our life. We also don't want to keep up with the Joneses for how we pay off our debt. We don't know what's going on in their household. We don't know if they just got an inheritance or their restrictive stock units came in and it was 10 times the value and they got a check for 120000 You don't know. All you hear is, I just paid off all my debt. Well, that feels good. You should pay off all your debt. You should buy that next investment without servicing any debt. And now you got this panic and this overwhelmed feeling like the world is passing you by. And you're going to be left behind and you're not prepared and I'm overwhelmed. No, we don't have to buy into that. Let's let our responsible team, our responsible brand team, give us good, solid information that uses math to help determine the direction that we need to go while focusing on your priorities, your goals, your phase of life, what's happening with your children, with your debt, with your career, with your job, with your retirement, with all of those things that are going on so that you can handle it with grace. If we know that it's going to take us five years to recover from the last nine months of extreme expenses, and we can still maintain our lives and our livelihood, then be okay with that. It's so much better than trying to get out of balance and taking every extra dollar and plowing it towards debt that you lose control over the ability to fund an emergency fund, a savings account, take a vacation, maintain your health, fix your house, 
Let your kids do the activities that they're only going to get to do once. And be a curmudgeon. We don't want to be a miser because life happened. We want to use the people around us to give us good information, make decisions that are going to benefit for us. As we go through those seasons where debt's going to be piling up, another one we just talked about in, in a recent episode was college debt. If you had the ability to save 180000 over 18 years for your kid's college, you wouldn't have college debt. If you couldn't save 180000 over 18 years, what makes you think you're going to pay off 180000 in five years? When I say it like that, doesn't it seem unreasonable? Yet, we get pressure to service that debt. It takes us five years to pay off the car we just bought. If we have that car for two more years before we need to buy a new one, is it reasonable to save up enough money to buy a car in two years and pay cash for it? Not unless you want to get into constant maintenance. So be comfortable and okay with some purchases require a little bit of time to service the debt. It doesn't mean that we're broke, we're poor, and we're losers. It means we're actually managing things responsibly based on our big picture instead of falling to the whims of the, I want it now and I need it now and it's got to be my way right away. Dave, Rick, and Susie don't live your life. They make generalized statements based on math. And it supports their goal and their agenda, not your priorities, your values, and your family's agenda. So let's not fall into the panic. We know that you just burn through your savings or there's seasons where you're going to do that. We need to be effective savers after that happened to rebuild those accounts while we're paying off the debt. And the goal isn't to do this every seven years. The goal is to hopefully hit a stride where we're able to build our savings and not have all the emergencies happen at once and be able to plan for the big expenses like the move, the car, and the house and know how we're going to handle it with grace. And it's going to be so nice when we get to that season and we think, man, I got, I'm saving $1,000 a month more than I need to. And you can aggressively fund your retirement or create a separate account because you know you're going to need to buy a car in three years for your kid who's 13. And you don't want it to be at the expense of their college fund. And you got a great job opportunity and now you and your spouse are both back to work or working part-time and one working full-time and the kids are in school and things are clicking and you have more money. Let's be effective with those resources. Let's not just plow down and take care of the mortgage because we want to have the house paid off by the time the kids get to college and trade a cheap mortgage for an expensive parent loan. We don't want to do that. That's, that's repeating the cycle. We want to eliminate the cycle. We want to take that emotional urgency away from us by putting our family first. Who's in your circle that's breathing down your neck? Is it your spouse? Well, who's talking to your spouse? Who are they listening to? People who are in your exact same situation? People who've just come through trauma? 
people who make five times what you make and have a different worldview? Let's get you and your spouse on the same page and be comfortable with you and your spouse being on the same page. That means we're not going to listen to our peers or our kids' peers or the Joneses or our neighbors. We're not going to listen to our other family members who have all the solutions for all our problems, but we don't know what's going on behind their closed doors. We're not going to listen to our friends who don't have kids, who don't value the same things we value, or the church people who, bless their heart, have the best intentions in mind and want you to cut up that credit card and get rid of debt because you're wasting so much money on interest. Let's do what you need to do. Let's do what you need to do the right way for you and for your family. And let's manage it successfully with a plan and a strategy. The very first thing we talked about was people who have a plan versus people who don't have a plan. If you don't have a savings and an emergency fund and you got a little bit of debt, you got a house and a car payment, you got some kids, maybe you don't have kids, it doesn't matter. Maybe you're single, maybe you're getting ready to get married and buy a house, maybe you've got some goals. What does your plan say you should be doing with your money currently? Do you have more month at the end of the paycheck? Or do you have more paycheck at the end of the month? Are you enjoying life a little bit? Or too much? How's your health? Do you need to join a gym? How's your work-life balance? Are you spending all your time at work and no time enjoying it? Or are you not working enough and your lifestyle is suffering? Do you need a side hustle income plan? A SHIP? S-H-I-P? Do you need to work a little bit more and, and get that side hustle up two, three, four hundred dollars a month for the next six months or nine months or a year so that you can buy the wedding ring, get the down payment on the home, pay the car off, pay cash for that next semester of your mat of your master's or your MBA or whatever you're going for? Do you know you're gonna have kids in the next few years and you want to build that savings account? that emergency fund so that when you do have kids and you take a year off, it doesn't impact your big picture? Do you know that you're going to get some solar panels put in or you're going to get an electrical system upgrade or finish the basement or put an egress in so you have additional living space downstairs? What do you have planned in the next few months or the next few years that's going to take away or add to your ability to maintain your life without a lot of debt? We talked about in another episode the way to reduce the amount of college debt is on the front end before your kids get to college, knowing what to expect. The same is true with traditional debt. My wife and I talk about it. We got a list of things that we want to do. Uh, redo the kitchen, redo some windows, take a big vacation, get rid of the playscape in the backyard and maybe do a pool or something like that. These are not knee-jerk reactions that we're going to wake up and just do. In fact, we've learned if we research something with the intention that we're going to say no, we're both emotional buyers and we'll say yes at the wrong time and finance it the wrong way and create problems. And inevitably what happens is every time we do that and we think we got it covered, something happens. The kids need new braces, orthodontics, the car goes, we need a new transmission, the windows get broke, a bird smashes into the house, puts a hole in the roof and we need a new roof and it's not covered by insurance. When we plan for it, we actually plan with safety nets. 
which means when something happens, it's not an instant blow up and an instant feeling of regret and foolishness. So having a plan gives us the ability to manage things a little bit better with dignity and grace. It helps us stay on the same page. When we spend a little bit more money servicing something over a two to three year period, we're not panicked about it. We're not struggling over it. We're not pointing fingers at each other, blaming each other. When the kids decide right after that they want to join a travel sports team and it costs $150 a month, we're not dying. We're doing it with wiggle room, with flexibility, with strategy, with a buffer zone. It makes a big difference for our quality of life. When one of our friends gets married and it's in Cancun, maybe we have the ability to make it happen. Maybe we know that that trip to the Bahamas with our kids or that trip to Disney is more important than the pool. But like most people, we're not making decisions between going to Paris or going to Mexico we're making decisions based on these big expenses cost real money. And at certain seasons in our life, we have to make trade-offs, and that's okay. We work very hard. We try to be responsible. We want our kids to grow up enjoying life, not always struggling. And that's one of those things that if we treat every season as a season of debt and there's never a season of rebuilding in between, we wake up when they're 22 years old and we've got $180,000 in student loans, $50,000 in credit card debt. We've refinanced our house for the eighth time to a 30-year mortgage and we have less than 10% equity and we are just completely overwhelmed, tired, and spent. That's what we want to avoid. We want to wake up when the kids are out of college with a manageable amount of family debt, with equity in the home, with an emergency fund that's full. If we have a little bit of credit card debt, it's manageable and it's for something that happened along the way. One of the kids got married as we were getting ready to finish college and we had budgeted 10 grand, but we wanted to give 15 grand. It was on our hearts and we did it. See, those things are going to happen every day, every week, every month, every year, every decade. They are defining moments that we get to enjoy. We don't want to look back on them with regret because of debt. And traditional debt and the way we handle traditional debt has led to a society that has more debt than we've ever seen in our history. There's probably five times the amount of debt than there is printed money on the planet or more. Think about that. If we took all the cash on the planet, we couldn't pay off all the debt that's out there. We don't need that in our economies, in our personal families. And it starts right at home with what we do at the kitchen table with us and our spouses and our kids and how we handle money. We need to take the emotion out of it. We need to have a plan. We need to be disciplined enough to follow the plan and humble enough to ask for help when big decisions need to be made. Your responsible brand person doesn't need to be there if you want to try the new peppermint mocha. But if you want to buy the Starbucks, your responsible brand should probably talk, be talking to you. How do you do it? How much should you put down? How much should you leverage? Should you sell your 401k and your IRA to pay for it, create a tax consequence, a burden, a penalty, and be inefficient? Or should you just borrow with an SBA loan? 
Well, if you listen to Dave, Rick, and Susie, pay cash for it. You'll make any means happen to make it work so you can say you paid cash for it, even at the expense of your future. And we don't want that. We want you to be able to have comfortability with today's solution because you have a plan. We want you to be comfortable knowing that your plan today is going to aid in the preventative maintenance of future issues. When we start living in preventative maintenance instead of current chaos, we actually survive and thrive. That's our goal. That's what we want to help instill in you. And when your kids see that you've been able to manage life's ups and downs, and you're not in panic mode, you're not arguing over every time a dollar is spent, you're not afraid to open the mail, your phone's not ringing off the hook because of creditors, they see you have stability, they're going to want that too. You're actually transitioning what you're learning to your kids and grandkids. What a beautiful thing to have a society that's built on comfort and stability, not debt. I want to be defined by the skills and talents that God gave me in my life. I don't want to be a slave to the debt that I owe. And I've done it both ways. Gone through seasons where I was out of control and seasons where I was in control. And then I handled some seasons with grace and I realized how much better it is. And I'm humble enough to ask for help. I have a team because I need it. I'm not going to teach my wife how to play golf and she's not going to teach me how to do home improvements. That's a guaranteed argument. But we can sit down with someone on our team who can talk to both of us and share an idea that we can accept, receive, and implement. Because we're too emotional about our money, our kids, and what we want. We need someone else to breathe life into us, just like most people need someone in their lives to help breathe life into them. So if we want to manage this successfully, traditional debt doesn't have to be who we are constantly. Doesn't mean we need to be debt-free by the time our kids get to college and debt-free by the time we're 59 and a half and our house needs to be paid off by the time we retire. No, that's not the case at all. Everybody's different. Everybody has different goals. Everybody requires a custom strategy and a custom solution. If you're listening to someone who's making blanket statements, fire that person because it's not going to work for you long term. If they don't know the impact of paying your house off before your kids gets to college has on how much parent loans you have to take because the college that your student's going to go to is going to penalize you for having equity in your home, fire that person. If they don't know the impact of paying aggressively on your student loans while your retirement account is severely underfunded, and you're sacrificing tomorrow's lifestyle for today's pride, fire that person. Your responsible brand person is looking at things holistically with the impact on what one thing has on five different areas and letting you make an educated decision based on what's right for you and your family. Looking at all the options, eliminating all the unintended consequences that you can see. Being prepared for those things that you can't see. And then having a team around you that's probably gone through or has someone who experienced exactly what you're going through so you can live from other people's experience. They say experience is the best teacher. I say experience is the most expensive teacher. Other people's experience is the best teacher. Because I don't have to make their mistakes. I can learn from them 
and I can do it efficiently for what me and my family need. I can put my family at the center of the solution instead of Visa, MasterCard, Discover, Sally Mae, or the auto loan company. I can put my health, my lifestyle, my livelihood at the center of the solution. I can give and tithe without having to feel like I'm guilty because I'm tithing to support God's kingdom instead of pay off some debt. I can let my kids go to the roller skating rink or do the excursion in Mexico because I'm not going to go back every year and I don't want to be a miser with their experiences. They might experiencing, experience something that changes their lives and if it costs me 500 bucks and I have to pay it off over 90 days when I get home, should I do it? Probably. Should I do it every day I'm on vacation? Probably not. But as I get better at making decisions, I get better at making unemotional decisions. I get better at weighing the pros and the cons. I get better at communicating with my spouse. I get better at sharing with my children. I get better at engaging the responsible brand coach that I have when I need them. I get better at, at understanding when to use them, how often to use them, and when I just need to talk to someone to confirm what I think is right. See, traditional debt doesn't have to define us. It's going to be there. Let's manage it with grace. Leverage the tools that are out there. Let's see how we can handle this together. Listen, I, I love sharing these concepts and ideas. I hope this has been valuable information for you and your family. I hope this is a benefit. I hope you're encouraging different conversations around the house and with your responsible brand team. The responsible brand wants to help grow the understanding of how money works and debt is one of those areas. I hope you can share this with others. Reach out to the person who you're working with and have a better conversation. And I hope that God blesses you abundantly. Thank you very much. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you for tuning in. For new and relevant information just like this, follow us wherever you get your podcasts and interact with the responsible community on all social media platforms. We'll see you soon.